Well, hello, this is Barry Winbolt here with another episode of Get a Better Handle on Life. Today, I'm going to be talking to a popular guest, Rick Goff. We've spoken quite often about work-related matters, really, but our conversations uh, are far more wide-ranging than that. I've noticed that Rick's episodes get quite a lot of traction on the podcast and I met him recently he's a friend of mine as well as a podcast guest and he suggested that how to say no at work might be a useful topic to cover so without more ado well well hello Rick and uh, nice to speak to you again it occurs to me that We've made a few of these episodes now, and maybe for the listeners, you could introduce yourself and also introduce the topic for today, because this was your idea and you have some ideas driving this. So would you would you say a few words about that, please? Absolutely, Barry. So uh, my name is Rick Goff. I work for a large multinational. Uh, I've been there for about 27 years. Um, done a variety of little jobs before that, but this has been my kind of main career since then. Uh, started off in quite a junior position. I've uh, done various different things uh, from being a developer, um, was around for the year 2000 project. We did Euro conversions, done a wide variety of things, had to reinvent myself a couple of times uh, following some different strategies put in place. Uh, but now quite happy, got a lovely team that I'm in, um, work with a lovely set of clients around Europe. Great. And so today's topic, saying no at work. Yeah, I've, um, Barry, I think I, I like to be liked and I, I don't like to upset people. Um, and so I've, from a long time ago, it's probably my mother or something as far back as that, sort of taught me you know uh it's good to please people and so pleasing people i've always associated with saying yes and and if somebody asks for something you will say yes of course i'll do that for you um but to my cost you know during my working career i kind of thought well actually there's a time you need to say no um and actually it can be quite empowering and good for everybody rather than just agreeing for to something, especially if you can't deliver something or you deliver it um, below standard because you've agreed to something you didn't have time to do or didn't have the skills to do. So it's actually better to be honest and say no. But with certain, depends who's asking, I guess, or depends what environment they're asking you, it can be really quite challenging. So the idea of talking to you about it was between us, is there any wisdom that we can share to help others who maybe find it quite challenging to say no? Okay, well, that's very succinct. And I love the idea of us sharing wisdom um, <laughs> because it makes us sound wise. And uh, but, but actually it draws me to a more serious point, which is, you know, we're, we've all done that first few years. I, I'm older than you, but, you know, you're of a certain age and you're not. 29 now trying to make a way in a career you've found your place you're settled you're comfortable you're happy 
And it's difficult to imagine, perhaps, for us, how it might be for somebody starting out in a job, wanting to please, feeling they need to toe the line. So I guess we have to make this conversation, we have to bear that in mind with this conversation. What do you think? It's quite important, right. that point. Um, and, and you can see it from both sides. One is kind of like a maybe a graduate just starting out and do they feel empowered to say no um but also somebody that's mentored graduates um having heard ask somebody to do a task and they've said no um how i've received that uh, and what that makes me think so that's really interesting you're looking at it from both positions as a new graduate but also as somebody who's mentored graduates and therefore have had to accept the no as a refusal to do something. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It, it actually can be quite a good thing and makes me think better of the person if done in the right way, because it, it shows that they've understood the request. Um, they've assessed what's going on in their world, maybe their skill, maybe their will, uh, maybe everything else. But if they can share the reasons why they're saying no, rather than just a flat no, um, then that gives you, I think, oh, actually, you're quite mature. You've really thought this through. Maybe I um, need to rephrase or, or restructure my request in some way because I'm being pushed back. And that, that's okay. It's absolutely fine as long as it's done in the right way, respectfully, rather than just, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, absolutely. So, how could one, this graduate we're talking about, how could she or he? push back, as you put it, uh, politely declined the request or the order or the instruction in a way that's most likely to fall on listening ears and be at least considered by the person they're refusing, do you think? I've tried to kind of think about this and I think it's always good to summarise back what the request is. So you're asking me to do X in a shortened way um and then sort of say well as it happens here's what's going on with me i think that the best person that sort of says no to you doesn't actually use the word no and can actually tell you that they can't do it uh without saying no and i think that's that's genius but maybe that comes with experience so i think as long as somebody really gives a genuine reason why they can't that is understood by everybody maybe because you've already asked them to do 100 things and this is the 101st and they just don't have time to do it, you could say, instead of saying no, you say, okay, well, you've asked me to do these things already. Is, that a, is this new thing you're asking a higher priority than those other things? And therefore, I, I'll, be, I'll be doing those, delivering those later because now you've asked me to do something new. And just trying to give some rationale, but without being arrogant about it, lippy about it. Yes, in a considered way. And one of the one of the um, standard responses that I used to talk about when I was doing the difficult people seminars, for example, was was to say, I would love to do it. However, I've got a lot on my desk right now. Can you help me prioritize this? Because I recognize blah, 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 you know, that my time is limited and this, that and the other. And that, I suppose, it draws attention, my attention, as I'm thinking th thinking that through it, draws my attention to the fact that the person who is refusing has to have been thinking about their work in a fairly constructive and planned way. 
they need to be that type of person already. If they're just somebody who's running like a headless chicken and stressed and overworked and feeling they just can't take any more on, they may not have the presence of mind at that time to present their case coherently and intelligently and in a way that doesn't sound like an outright rejection or refusal of an instruction. And of course, all of this presupposes that the working environment of this hypothetical graduate is conducive to having a collaborative conversation and that it is a respectful environment that allows people to speak because, of course, that isn't always the case. Yes. So when to say no, you've got, was one of your bullet points. When does one say no? I think you've probably outlined that really, haven't you? And what about if you don't feel it's your job? If, if you feel that you're being given the job because you're productive, but the person next to you really should be doing, and this is the 49th time that you've picked up the slack for somebody else. I think then you've got to understand why that person is asking you to do this. Why is it that, because they must know that it's actually somebody else's job. Is it because actually you've done it so many times, you can do it quickly, um, and therefore I just know that I can rely upon you. So it could be quite a flattering reason. Yeah. And saying, do you know what, I'll put my last badge to this because I know he's he's dead good at this. He's not supposed to, but it cuts a corner for me. Right. And I know they late and get this done. It's not for today's topic, but it could be for more sinister reasons of power or control or bullying or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but usually not, let's assume. No. And also that then suggests that the person doing the asking should also have the respect for the person they're asking to keep them informed and, and let them know why they're why they're saying look i i know this may seem unfair to you however and of course they too the asker may be under tremendous pressure themselves and not really thinking straight about how they're dishing out or delegating work i suppose i think that's really important and i think it could be that just simply lack of awareness of what the other person has got on their place and said oh well i didn't know that you would you know, mm. Is there more of a risk, do you think, in this sort of area we're talking about now, which is asking somebody to do something without really considering the impact on what you're asking them to do? Is there is there more of a risk with remote working, do you think? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question, isn't it? I think that we have matured a lot and got a lot more used to remote working. Uh, like today, we've got the camera on, we can see each other. And I think that Clearly, it's easier to say no if you're not looking at somebody um, or saying no via email or text or some of that. You, you, there's not that emotional connection with somebody. So if you're in a room, you may find it more intimidating uh, to say no. But doing, I'm not suggesting that if you're going to say no, turn the cameras off and do something else because that, that won't do you any favours long term. But um, I think there is something there to say Yes, it will be harder face-to-face. -face. Yes, and I suppose it's we're still at the beginning, really, of remote working. I mean, it's going to be a long time before it matures into something that's in everybody's mind and we know what it means, we know what the etiquette is. Anyway, that's an, another subject. So what are, the, are there any dangers in saying no? Because obviously people are very, you, you touched on it earlier, people are quite cautious about refusing. I think the it's not going to look good on you. If people keep asking you to do something and you keep saying no, then you have to think about your brand and about what people uh, will perceive about you. And mm. you kind of think, okay, well, and when it comes to promotion or, or giving out year-end ratings, if you're somebody that has a reputation for saying, 
they'll probably say no. I'll ask them anyway, but they'll probably say no. And not prepared to stretch themselves or take the odd risk here and there. I think that won't look good for somebody. But no, but you have to balance it and say, okay, well, when you're doing that assessment to say, okay, um, the pros and cons of, of saying yes or no is that in your mind you know what you can do, what you're willing to do, what you've got available. But there's also, you know, what are the benefits of saying yes? Is this somebody I want to impress? Is this somebody I want to please? Can I do this task? Am I going to learn from it? What, what will I benefit from doing this? And I think that sometimes it's that that will outweigh the the cost of sort of saying no, I'm not going to do it. But we're here to say about saying no, not yes, aren't we? <laughs> well, yes, yes, we are. But then equally, if you are saying yes when you're feeling no, just what what you've just added is very important because, for example. I might take on a project and say yes to something which instinctively I feel is not a good move because I've got so much on my desk at the moment. I've got things coming up. But on the other hand, it's very exciting. It's something I'd like to do and that from which I will learn or grow or develop or might open new opportunities. So I might have to work a bit harder or put some extra hours in to fit it in. So there may be times when we would say yes against our better judgment, but our judgment actually says this could be a good career move or this could be useful. I suppose the problem is of, of saying no for a lot of people is that they just don't feel they can. In their position, they don't feel they have the freedom to manage their workload by saying, actually, thank you for asking, but on this occasion, I'll pass or finding some way of saying that which would be well received. Yeah, we touched on that earlier, isn't it? And it's a balance, isn't it? Of just trying to be aware of what your responsibilities are um, and making sure that you are trying to have a fair response to everything. You know, if you, if you, if you say yes, but you can't deliver, that, that's not a great outcome. But if you say no and there's a sort of negative theory on your head. I think if somebody says no to me, say, Barry, can you pick these apples up off the floor? You say, no, I'm not doing that. And you think, oh, okay, well, why is that? No, I haven't got any explanation. You just said a flat out no. But if you said, actually, Rick, I'd love to pick those, as you said, I'd love to pick those apples off the floor. At the moment, I've got a really bad back. Then you kind of, it's already, I've got some empathy towards you. I've got an understanding of why. And actually, you know, sometimes you can end up respecting somebody a bit more because they're empowered to say no. And actually our relationship is in that place where we know each other um, and, and look out for each other. And you can say, okay, well, actually, I respect your no. And that's fine because I understand the reasons behind it. Yeah. And I suppose actually we're, we're dancing around a bit about the idea of the relationship between the asker and the, in this case, the refuser, because it may be, if they have a good working relationship and there's generally a fairly collaborative uh, environment between them, then they might, the, the people, the person who's being asked might be able to say, well, look, I'd normally do it, but today or this week, I mean, it's just going to be impossible. I've got the show coming up on Monday and I've got all of this work to do. However, I can see that you need it done. Is there some way we can talk it through so that we can figure out a way of getting it done? Maybe I'll do a bit of it or delegate it. You know, so it's it, understanding why doesn't just 
become the domain of the asker. It's also appropriate for the person who wants to refuse to say, can you tell me a bit more about that so that I understand what needs doing? Because obviously you wouldn't be asking me if it wasn't important, but equally I don't think I'm the guy at the moment who can actually help you with this because it's, it's, it's going to mean something else will suffer. Is it possible to use no in a way to negotiate a better situation? So, so when you're when somebody's saying, okay, um, a salesman, for example, saying, okay, Barry, um, you're looking to, how does that sound to you? You could say no, but, and then can you try and renegotiate the ask or or whatever it may be to try and find a mutually acceptable situation? Yeah, I'm just thinking about conflict resolution here. From as you know, my background, a lot of my work was involving conflict, and there's something in conflict resolution called positions versus interests. And it's entirely appropriate here because my position is no, I can't do it. But the interest or my need underlying that, I conflate the two, position, interest and need, same thing in this, in this conversation. My need is to protect myself. But you have, a, you have a position, which is I need it done. That's your position. I want it done, let's say. And your, your interest underlying that or your need underlying that is to get the job done. So if we start talking between us, instead of yes, no, uh, we talk rather about this is why I can't do it. And you're talking about this is why I need it done. That is a different type of conversation. And it immediately becomes much more fruitful and you know filled with potential than a simple binary yes, no. So, so instead of saying no, asking for more context, saying, or oh, when do you need this done by? How important is it? Well, who's going to benefit from me doing this? Yeah. Ask the right way can help you understand and make that decision better yourself. It comes back actually to what underpins so many business conversations, which is the quality of the discussion. So if instead of, uh, as you've said, uh, an outright no, we, we find out a bit more about the need to have it done, we might say, for example, well, I want to say no, but instead I might say, what's the flexibility on this? Uh, because right now I think I'd have to say no. However, if you could tell me more. So you've already inserted the idea of no in a non-threatening way because you've displaced it a bit. Right now I'd have to say no. I'm not saying no. But right now I would have to say no if you push this. On the other hand, is there any wiggle room here? Is there any flexibility? Is there? You've said you need it by Friday. However, what if I wasn't able to do it by Friday? What would plan B be? Your plan B or my, you know. So it could lead to a much more fruitful relationship, couldn't it? Yes, absolutely. I can hear some people saying, yeah, I've got time for all this rubbish. I just need the job doing. You know, as people have often said to me when I was a consultant, I haven't got time to listen properly. I haven't got time to talk about this stuff. I need this doing. And I always said to people, you haven't got the time not to listen. You haven't got the time not to talk it through because it'll mean that it's not going to come back and bite you later. If you get it sorted out properly now, you're actually building a better relationship. If, if, for example, so, so some things are your responsibility, and you know that you've got a team of people, your boss has said, actually, the company's not doing well. Can you tell everybody there's not going to be a Christmas bonus this year? You can't really say no to that, can you? Because you know it's going to have to be done. Um, so you, you just have to agree to some things. There is situations where there's no getting out of it. You, you're just going to have to work out how to do it 
It's yeah. your job. Yeah. Uh, take it on the chin. Yeah. I mean, you can ask for help in those situations. Yeah. You can say, okay, have have we got any material on on our displacement policy that I can use, or have you got some other text that other other people in my role are using that I can help me with this situation? My mind went back to my training days, as you were saying that, and thinking of people who had been asked to do things, for example, appraisals, where they'd never been taught how to do an appraisal. So if you feel underskilled because you just haven't had the support and training from the company to give you those skills, then it's perfectly reasonable to ask for guidance on that, some mentoring or some training or something like that, isn't it? Absolutely. And I and I think that the employer has a responsibility to make sure that everybody's skilled and empowered to do their mm, role properly. Yes, but we know in the real world that doesn't always happen, unfortunately. No, no. Well, I was, I was sorry, I interrupted you, I think, but I think the one thing is that it just reflecting on that a bit a bit more, when you're being asked and the person isn't particularly confident or assertive or new to their role, sometimes you you know, that can be hard to receive, or, or maybe you don't respect the person that's being asked because they're you maybe got they they got the promotion to team leader over you. And so maybe you've already got some emotional response um, when they're asking you to do something. Mm. And, you know, you need to be professional. You need to rise above that and not get caught up in the emotional response. Yes, of course. And again, that's a, that's a question of maturity and experience to some degree and, and keeping your wits about you. I was just wondering about turning a refusal to an advantage by saying, well, I would love to do it. Um, thank you for asking, because it's actually pointed out, I just draw my attention to the fact that I'm totally ill-equipped. So, you know, if you could just give me some training in this, I'd, be, I'd love to do that sort of thing. I mean, it's a little bit flippant, but it's, an, it's really a martial arts approach. You take what comes at you and you go with it rather than trying to, you know, a flat stop, a dead stop by saying, by a, by a no refusal. And what do you think are some of the positives of being able to say, uh, to refuse a task or a, a job or some part of your role? I, I think, like I said, you can actually build your reputation. Uh, and if you're somebody that says yes to everything, you think, well, there's no way you can deliver all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it can be quite damaging to, to your brand, what people think about you, if you just accept everything, or you'll be a pushover and taken advantage of. So I think that people will expect you to say no to some things because you can't possibly do everything. Okay, that's a really important point. And again, it takes me back to the days of, on every event I did, there'd be some common questions, you know, and one of them was, well, I've got somebody on my team who says yes to everything, but they really don't deliver very well. And I've tried talking to them. I've tried saying, look, maybe this time you don't do this. You just focus on those other tasks you haven't finished. And then we'll talk about more stuff. So they're very eager, but they don't seem to have the insight into their own performance, actually. Uh, the, the fact that they're not delivering reliably or sat in a satisfactory manner. Uh, so I can relate to that, actually. In my role, I have to call upon other teams who support me. Um, and you then check in with them on a regular basis. They said, OK, we're going to get that done within three weeks. So every three or four days, you may have a reminder just to check in. Say, how's that going? Is that on time? We we okay? Is that still on track to be delivered on the thirty first? Yep, we're great. Yep, yep, yep. And you keep asking, and then it gets to like two days before, 
and you say, well, we must be in testing phase or now ready for, uh, no, we're not. And, and it's too late then, you know, and because somebody said yes the whole way through, because they didn't want to admit they were having problems or my request wasn't clear or they weren't getting the information they needed, they've said yes the whole way through. Being let down two days before the end uh, it has a mighty effect. If they'd have told me and were clear up front that things weren't going well and had a bit more courage to say no when I needed them to say no, things are going wrong, yeah. that I would have respected them a lot more um, and I would have appreciated that to know and I could have told the client, say, I'm sorry, we're having problems here or I could have escalated or... Or you could have, you know, they could have got extra support or guidance or input from you, which might have helped them. Yeah, absolutely. Very important thing. So it's important to, it may not be actually, you may not actually be saying no in those words, but you are keeping those around you appraised so they don't have false ideas about, you're not giving false ideas about your progress or where you are with a project or what your needs are if you're not expressing that. Yes, because you have a responsibility to keep everybody aware and saying, no, I'm not on track, things are going wrong, is perfectly valid. So what are your thoughts on coming back sort of full circle to the, what I touched on earlier, which we got our hypothetical graduate or younger person who's at a point in their career where they want to give good impressions, they genuinely want to succeed, they genuinely want to say yes to things, but they find they're going home at night worrying, getting a bit stressed because they feel their pile of work is, is getting a bit on top of them and they do need to clear some breathing space to get a few things finished. People always want to hear from me. They always say to me, well, how do I do that? How do I say that? What form of words do I use? And while I'm against scripts, I think refusing without refusing or saying no without saying no now, if this sounds like a tall order, I should just point out you came up with this phrase of saying no without saying no. It's your suggestion that I ask the question. So so let's have some of that wisdom, Rick. Well, you, you said it earlier, I think, whereas you actually say, yes, I'd love to do that. Um, and then it's, however, I just need to make you aware that X, Y, and Z is happening, right. and this, that, and the other. So, yes. You said no in a roundabout way, but you have to be careful with that because sometimes you need to be absolutely clear. I couldn't agree more. Hedging a refusal in rather woolly or abstract terms, you can leave somebody with the wrong impression. They may well hear, if it's what they need to hear, they will hear, yes, I'd love to do that. And they may zone out with the however, you know, not fully take it on board. So you need to summarise the conversation a bit at the end and say, so are we agreed this and this and this is going to happen? You know, have we heard each other? Have we understood? Just basic good communication practice. Yes. And I suppose then I mentioned also that one might say, well, it is the sort of thing I'd like to do, but I don't feel equipped because I haven't had that bit of the training yet or something like, uh, if I genuinely think it's outside my ability to do the best, to do the best job because I either need more information or more skill. Yes, because it can be, you can be very flattered by somebody. So somebody said, oh, Barry, I know you're really good at delivering these webinars. 
can you do one on pottery, please? It's happened to me, Rick. It's <laughs> happened to me. I've walked into that trap. Never pottery. But, but you know, in a, earlier in my career, a wannabe trainer, I would pick up things that... Actually, I think I did a passable job, but it took me years to realise, come on, slim your portfolio down. You can't do all these things properly. And some people you have to refuse. Flattery is a powerful persuader. Yeah, and that's dangerous too, isn't it? Because if you're saying yes to things that you can't deliver or that go against the direction you're going in, that can have negative consequences too. Yeah, and there's a whole other conversation here too about helping and managing oneself and staying in you know in the right sort of condition to be doing a good job without too much stress without too many distractions without to give yourself the right amount of energy to focus on what you do well and play to your strengths rather than taking on a strain extraneous things that are going to dilute everything you do is it okay to say thank you so much for asking can i take that away and get back to you i think that's wonderful yeah and and how long have i got for example how long have I got for a reply? Because I've got this, 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 and, and this person who's more important than you, don't use those words, of course, has actually asked me to do so-and-so by next Thursday. Uh, so perhaps you'd have a word with them to, to let me off that hook or something. So again, it's back to a conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, Rick, we're coming to the end of this. As ever with our conversations, I know there's a lot further we could go with this. So I'd just like to wrap up today and say... Thank you very much. I've really appreciated the conversation. With your permission, we'll revisit some of this stuff. And so regular listeners can know that they'll get more of Rick Goff's tremendous experience and insight. Thank you. And if anybody hears a good version of saying no or hears any good techniques, then please add them to the comments. Yes, that's a really good suggestion. It might throw up some questions that we could discuss again or anything else that's relevant. You know, if you listen, if people are listening to this and they've heard the sorts of things we discussed. Yeah. So, Rick, thank you very much. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. Catch up with you again soon. You're very welcome, Barry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Well, thanks once again to Rick Goff for the very enlightening conversation. We will continue with this. And, and Rick uh, suggested to me before I wind up here today, if you have any examples about where saying no went wrong for you, or likewise, if you have any suggestions about how one can gracefully decline, gracefully say no, refuse to do something, and even enhance one's reputation in so doing, whatever it is. Your examples, please. Good, bad, indifferent. And we'll build them into a later podcast episode. As ever, this is me, Barry Wimbot, saying thank you very much for listening and uh, have a good week. All the best. Goodbye.